Hello, and welcome back to KPMG's GTA Come As You Are podcast. My name is Brittany Hartland, and this is the show where we connect with members of our KPMG community on a variety of topics and learn about their stories, experiences, and share other resources. Just like always, this is your chance to take a break, make a coffee, have your lunch, or if you haven't been outside yet and you are able to, use this time to get some fresh air while you listen. This is our fourth and final episode of our first series release called This Is Me Unfiltered, where we are talking about mental health. Thank you, Ilario and Asma, for being here again to continue this conversation on mental health. Glad to be here. Same here. I'm really excited for this week's episode. I spoke at a panel earlier this year, and they asked us a really interesting question. It was, what is the worst mental health advice you have ever received? (laughs) I had shared with them that the worst advice I had received was just to relax and not to worry about it or to just let it go. I had tried to listen to that advice and I found myself sweeping it under a rug until it was a big lump that I tripped over. I also found myself wondering, well, why can't I just let it go? Is there something wrong with me? So what's the worst advice that you have received? How long do you have, Brittany? Uh, <laughs> this, this is, yeah, the similar, uh, you know, oh, you know, you're, you're overreacting, um, you know, just, uh, just calm down. Uh, maybe start, maybe you just need to eat healthier or maybe there, you know, maybe it's, you know, something else and don't worry about it too much. Um you know, I, I've heard the gambit of those poor mm-hmm. pieces of advice. Um, of course, you know, asthma, I'm not sure about you. Um, but yeah, the other one I loved was um, you just need a vacation because that's going to make oh. everything okay. <laughs> right. You need to take some time yeah. off and you'll be fine. Um, yeah. For sure. I haven't gotten the vacation one, but I've gotten a whole bunch of other ones. Like, don't worry, everything will be okay. Give it time, things will get better. And my biggest pet peeve, you're a strong person. You will get through this. I'm like, who are you to judge me if I'm strong or not? (laughs) Yeah. I know all of these advices are given with the best intentions, but when people actually say them, you just take it. The exact opposite way because you know you're not uh, you're not there for people to just tell you everything will be okay you want people to actually recognize that there is something going on it's real it's tangible and you need help so i think uh, just stepping back and uh, remembering that saying these uh, simple one word lines or a few word lines don't really help anyone yeah all it does is it promotes you ignoring what the problem is it's like it's like having a you know a cancerous tumor that you know just ignore it and it'll go away on its own it's like no you need to do something to get rid of it so you know that's um, so true yeah. yeah you're ignoring the real problem for some reason well and i think that's why we say all the time with mental health like how is it any different than if you broke your leg because for some reason when when it's when it's this filtered version or it's not like a physical ailment potentially there's a different perspective of, you know, don't worry. It's okay. Yeah. The, 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 you're, you're overreacting. You're like, you'll yeah. be fine. Just give it time. It, it really is. And, you know, Denis Trottier says it all the time, right? It's, 
you, that's why you need that, you know, that first aid kit mm-hmm. um, and, and, and uh, how do you treat it, right? Like in my case, I can tell you right now, it's not going away. <laughs> um, uh, I'm bipolar. I'm going to be bipolar for the rest of my life. <laughs> I mm-hmm. need, you know, I need to address it. I can't just let it go or learn to relax and know a vacation. I can assure you will not take care of it. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and asthma, you said it, people say these things with the best of intentions. I, I can tell you right now that the, and, and Denise has this all the time, right? Don't, when someone comes to you and they open up about a situation that they're going through from a mental health perspective, don't, don't try to be a doctor. Don't try and diagnose. Just be supportive. Just be a sounding board. Show up, as I like to say. Be there for the person and just support, right? I'm here for you. What can I do? Um, you're not a doctor. You're, you're, I don't expect you to be a doctor. I just want you to be a friend if I'm telling you, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important for the individual as well um, to kind of understand that nothing will get better with time if they don't actually take steps and actions to do things differently. You can't uh, expect a different outcome if you're just continuing doing the exact same things you've been doing for years. So if you want to get better, you're in your current state, you actually need to take steps and actions to do something differently to help yourself. Yeah, one of the one of the things I hated hearing actually at the time, but was actually a really good piece of advice uh, when I was at a low point was, well, what do you think you need to do? Mm. I hated that question because I felt like they were just putting it back on me and not being supportive. But in reality, they were. That was probably the best question. That was the, probably the best support I ever got at the time because it was like they were telling me like. Laura, you know yourself better than anybody. Like, what can you do for yourself? What do you think you need to change, right? Mm-hmm. Start some introspection. Um, it was a difficult question, don't get me wrong, but it was a great thing to ask at the time. I, I appreciate it a lot more now. Yeah. And you probably were more committed to then what, what you came up with because you came up with it versus someone else telling you, oh, this, I think this is your solution. Yeah. Hundred percent. It's you know it. You're definitely way more committed to it because it's your idea, right? You you know yourself better than others, and you can buy into it a lot faster. That's the key: buying into it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I think um, you know, and I think as well if you if someone comes to you and shares what they're going through in their mental health experience, it can be almost easier that if you've experienced similar things that you jump straight into solutions. Mm. I think we're all, we always want to have a solution for everybody. So we want to help them by giving a solution. But I, I think what I've most appreciated is somebody listening first. Yes. And, and asking me kind of those tough questions that I have to think back. And then maybe they might give some ideas, but not necessarily telling me what to do, but just some ideas to think about, well, what might work in my tool belt or what kinds of things could I add to my tool belt? Like when I think to last week's episode, that that checklist of things, that was just a, a checklist of things that might help support your self-care. I wasn't being told I have to do all of them, but they gave me some ideas of things that I could do to help myself. Well, and that's the thing, right, Brittany? Uh, it's not about 
being the doctor and fixing the problem for your friend or your your colleague or your family member. It's you've given them a tool. It, they, you know, you're you're supporting. You're you're being helpful. You're being a sounding board. You're not diagnosing. You're not trying to treat. You can't. Yeah. Right. Um, if someone came to me today, uh, having gone through what I've gone through, definitely, you know, I know. I think I know what I would do, but do I know? I have no idea. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so, but what I would do is be supportive, just listen in. And I would ask, how can I help? Just yeah. that that's become my favorite question now is just, what can I do? Just how can I help? What can I do? You know, what do you need? Tell me what you need and I will be what you need or do what you need. Um, and, you know, that speaks volumes, I think, knowing that they have that support. And just echoing what both of you said, uh, I think another thing that speaks volumes is sharing your own experience and making your own self vulnerable. Even if you think that person is going through something or you have like an inkling that they might be just sharing your own story, I think helps the other person see you as more of a human uh, versus whoever you might be, their boss or their colleague and stuff, and really help to kind of facilitate them opening up to you when they're ready. It may not be that same time. It may not be the next day. But the fact that you've opened up and made your own self vulnerable and you know, you're letting that person know, I'm here to listen to you. I'm here to be a sounding board whenever you need me. Uh, I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to be able to uh, fix your problems or provide you a solution, but I'm here to listen and support. And I think that's the uh, biggest thing that helped me. And uh, that's what I personally try and do when I'm seeing someone struggling, that just speaking up about my own experience and giving them a safe space to share theirs. I and you're right, Asma. It's the one. Th the one thing I would caution people in doing that is, is that when you're doing that, don't don't try to compare what your situation is or what you've gone through to what that person's going through. They may not look at it the right way. Because I can tell you right now, uh, if a staff came to me, I think the last thing they want to hear, hear about is everything I've gone through and how I have over, like how I've gotten better from it. I think they just want to know, like. I understand. I've been there. Here's my situation. I'm not comparing. I, don't like just ca I caution on that Absolutely. comparison part, right? No, I agree. That's a good point. And the whole purpose of me um, saying that uh, for sharing was so that they would feel comfortable opening up. These are for individuals right. who aren't opening up yet or are not sharing and just want to have that facade where everything's okay because everyone around me seems to be fine yeah. and okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a way that we can ensure that the conversations around mental health are happening in an on an ongoing basis. And it's not just something like we're having this conversation today in support of Mental Health Week. But how, what are things that we can do to ensure that the topic of mental health is, is something going through the whole year? And it's not just, you know, Mental Health Week or Bell Let's Talk Day. That's one way. I think that we can do it is, is sharing, continuing to share our own stories. That's right. And it's all about sharing, right? It's, you know, no one's got it worse than anybody else. We've all got our own situations and circumstances and, um, you know, everybody has stress in their life. Everybody has some sort of family situation of some sort. Uh, everybody's dealing with a grievance or, um, you know, a sad situation that they need to deal with and they need to deal with it appropriately. 
And in the end, all everybody needs in this world is a little bit of kindness at times and a little bit of knowing that, you know, I'm not alone. I'm not dealing with this alone. I, there's other people who've got similar situations, stories, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, you know, they've gotten through it. I, I you know, I, I've said this before. Uh, you know, talking about my situation was a lot easier when I put it into context of I thought about uh, individuals in the firm who came out, uh, you know, uh, as part of the LGBTQ community many, many years ago before, um, you know, there was the wide open acceptance of it. And, you know, it was very taboo at the time. What they did was really pioneering and very difficult. And they shared a great deal of the their personal stories. And what we're doing is much easier than what you know in many ways as to what they did you know um so you know if they can do what they did then we can talk about this now we can talk about it openly um every day agreed and uh, brit you brought up a, a good point about how do we uh make this an ongoing topic that's not just at mental health week or at certain uh, points of uh, the year because and i have to give credit to you uh, there was a publication you did with the hr team i think about roughly two years ago around mental health week and there was a ted talk in there called um, uh, enigma stigma and it was around the whole stigma of about talking about mental health and i read that and i saw the ted talk and it got me thinking what I know I have gone through mental health uh, struggles and I know the firm's doing so much by having all these mental health sessions. We have a chief mental health officer, but what am I doing at my level for my own team, for the individuals I interact with on a daily basis? And your article kind of helped me uh, think outside the box and say, what can I do uh, to make this uh, an ongoing discussion in my team? Uh, Because I think as leaders, uh, we have to make ourselves vulnerable. We have to have these discussions on a regular basis, not just a few times in the year. So what I wound up doing was holding a mental health session just for my team. And uh, I know Elario does uh, a whole lot more, but uh, for my own team, uh, I, I, I had a whole mental health session where I walked them through all the resources available at KPMG. And we watched the video, the TED Talk uh, as well together. And then I opened it up to sharing lived experiences. I started off with my own. And that kind of had this amazing impact back where all these individuals on my team started opening up about their own uh, mental health struggles, which I had no idea about. And it was it was just uh, mind-blowing, I think, for the whole team because everyone was almost in tears because we were all sharing these really powerful stories and we didn't know and we worked together every single day. And that led us to uh, having these mental health breaks. Um, uh, it's, it's a daily mental health break, 15 minutes, everyone's calendar, we do your yoga and meditation together, but just recognizing that, you know, having that, uh, those mental health breaks in the day, we take a step back to think, you know, this is, this is our time and we do it as a team and we have a monthly, uh, regular mental health, uh, uh, talks joined up with a group meeting. So someone's leading it and it's now we're empowering individuals who are passionate about this topic to have to lead these discussions, pick a topic, whether it's self-care tips, strategies. But I've seen this, um, uh, you know, fire being lit in my team where people are stepping up and saying, this is an important topic. I'm uh, feeling safe enough to have these discussions in my team and I want to. And I think it's having a great impact on the younger generation because they're saying that this is a discussion that they can now have more openly. So I give credit to you for that because um, it all started 
started off uh, a few years ago with that uh, article. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and Asma, you, what, you're, what you're talking about really is just normalizing the conversation. This isn't Absolutely. a taboo topic, right? It's we're we're not afraid to talk about topics like cancer, right? Uh, and mm-hmm. you know, war and famine, et cetera. Like you know, we talk about those things, and but we won't talk about this it seems right uh, or people are afraid to talk about it but you know they'll they'll talk about you know other medical concerns or other medical issues uh, that they may be going through and they it just needs to be normalized people need to be more comfortable that this isn't a taboo it, it, topic it, it, it yeah but it's it, it's no different than any other you know situation that you might be going through right so um agreed I feel more vulnerable and uh, personally in, involved if I have to talk about finances with somebody, but we do that on a regular basis, <laughs> which is crazy. So, and Alario, you do something wellness circles, I think they're called. That's right. So on a biweekly or every two weeks uh, basis, uh, we do wellness circles in the audit practice in the GTA. Um, uh, and in the off weeks, we have uh, meditation and uh, yoga sessions that are held. Um, but the wellness circles are great. What they do is they get everybody in the audit practice together, and we're able to break out into smaller groups where we just talk about general wellness strategies. It's people sharing ideas, tips, tools, strategies, stories of how they've gotten through difficult situations. Um, and it gives an opportunity to those who are, you know, uh, coming up in the firm who maybe haven't seen everything yet to know that people have gotten through it. They've here's some strategies that they've used to employ to get through uh, difficult situations, stress, busy seasons, whatever, studying for their, you know, their CAA exams, whatever it may be at the time. Um, hearing about some of our our women leaders, even, you know, how did they, you know, become partners in the firm, having children, you know, leaving work at the, you know, at, at difficult times, having children coming back. I'm sorry, that's a very, I so much kudos to, to our female uh, leaders for having done that and, uh, you know, for breaking through uh, so many barriers, um, hearing those stories and how did they do it, right? Uh, there's so many tips and there's so much knowledge out there that can be shared and this is a great opportunity for that information and that knowledge to be shared with others and Amazing. giving a sense of community the yes. yeah that circle of care again comes yeah. it comes up in every episode <laughs> well you know i think you know for everyone listening when supporting others, like if, if someone comes to you, don't feel that you necessarily need to know all, all the answers. And, 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 and like we've said, you, you, you're, you're not the doctor, so you don't need to give the solutions. But I would encourage you to leverage the five golden rules from jack.org. So the first is to say, say what you see, stick to the facts and don't judge. Two, show you care, build trust and demonstrate support. Three, hear them out. Listen, be curious, and share wisely. Four, know your role. Set boundaries to protect your relationship. And five, connect for help. So help identify resources and follow up. Support others by creating a space for them to bring their full selves to work unfiltered. That wraps up our fourth and final podcast of this series. Thank you so much for listening. 
Thank you to our special guests, Asma and Alario. You've been fantastic through these episodes. Thanks for courageously sharing your stories to our our GTA community. Thank you for having us. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. And for everyone listening, let us know what you'd like to hear next for our future series release of the Come As You Are podcast. Thank you, everyone. I'm Brittany Hartland, and we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.